Welcome back to the Recovery Edge podcast. I'm your host, Alfredo, and I am an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm joined by my co-host, of course, wife, Kayla, and our returning guest, Nick. How are you guys doing? Nick. (laughs) Well, fresh, how are you? I'm fresh. Wow. That's uh that's that's what he calls me at the at the rule sixty two. So is there a story behind this nickname or we're just gonna leave it a mystery? There were a couple people in that room uh, who were calling him Alfresco. So I translated it. And um, yeah, it just stuck. So he's fresh to me now. Yeah, it's stuck. <laughs> fresh it is. Okay. So this is September, so I thought we would do a little podcast meeting on step nine. And just as a uh, disclaimer, we're not really affiliated with any 12-step group. We just talked about our experience, strength, and hope. And our experience, strength, and hope happens to come from this big blue book. We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. Perfect. And that was page 76 in the big book. Yeah. So let's get started by, I'm just going to ask you guys a couple questions. And how did this, uh, when you first saw, because I imagine that you all are both had the steps on the wall there and then had somebody explain some of these to you. But initially, how did that hit you, you know, that you may be having to make amends to people that you've done wrong in the past? Okay, I'll go first. Um, I think that when, you know, early on in sobriety, I was quite on my pink cloud. So I was very excited to make amends. Um, And probably some of the amends I did before I was ready um, and I really can't like stress it enough that <laughs> you should really do your amends um, like with your sponsor I mean not your sponsor there physically when you do them but you should run it by them um, because otherwise your story will sound a little like this one um, but I was on my pink cloud I was like on fire for the program doing doing great so I thought um so a couple weeks into sobriety I uh made an amends to my ex and the amends I made was I'm sorry I didn't leave you sooner and (laughs) that was (laughs) and you did not run that by your sponsor is that true that's true (laughs) and so that so that didn't go over very well, um, and I was sure that I really meant that. So after working it with my sponsor, we had some warning to do, and it was eventually just like, uh, yeah, let's not contact him for a while, and let's just work on ourselves. So um, lesson learned, mm-hmm. run it by your sponsor. Yep. Sponsors are great pacers, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Nick, what were your thoughts? <clears throat> Uh, you know, I wanted to go right around step nine, you know, like I didn't want to face that, that, you know, I was still living in fear in a lot of ways, you know, I mean, fear struck me all, all through 
you know, my drinking career and my using career, um, you know, that is just the way I operated. So anything I could do to avoid that accountability piece, you know, early on, that was kind of the route I was, was going to take in my mind. Um, you know, steps one, two, three, they were easy. You know, the four, five, six, you get into writing that stuff down on paper. You're like, okay, yeah, this is uh, becoming quite the lengthy list. Uh, you know, there's a track record here that's not anything to be proud of. I didn't want to dig that stuff up. I didn't want to face it. But my sobriety stagnated as, you know, I, I delayed that, that step. Yeah, it's one of the steps that I think a lot of people that I see anyways in the rooms delay and kind of sit on. And honestly, I had a couple that I just sat on. Like I got some of the easy ones done and then I sat on the more difficult ones. For me, I know that I was also living in fear like you, but I had that financial fear of the ones where I had to give money to. And for me, it was like a lot of money. Um, and I remember I gave, I was chatting with an ex who I owed money to and, um, you know, I was telling her what I was doing, whatever. And, um, you know, I was told to make these financial amends, but I was still thinking, oh, if she's going to like, like me, you know, after I tell her how great I am now and I'm fixed and here's your money and everything. And she was really friendly. And then I paid her, and then I never heard from her again. You know, of course. Uh-huh. And something in my head was like, what well, just happened? But what I didn't understand is that my intentions still weren't, like, God-inspired. You know, I was still, I still had a, had a lot of self, and I was still selfish and thinking, what about me? Like, look at me, you know, whatever. Um, and then later, I, I kind of felt like, the money amends are like the easiest ones. It's just like, here's a check, you know, see ya or something. I mean, not that easy, but it seems easier because there's a physical apology that you can just give someone almost, you know, to fix things. So I don't know. Um, So I too was kind of afraid of a lot of my amends, especially the ones where I had to sit down with family and just have that talk, that heart to heart. Because I'm one of these guys that doesn't like, talking about feelings and I don't really want to hear it in whatever, but you know, it's something that I had to like, I remember I had to swallow my pride, of course. And, um, little did I know that I would be doing a lot of that to save my own ass, you know, in recovery, you know, it's like, Oh, swallow your pride. In fact, try to do away with your pride, you know, if, uh, if you can help it. And it's something that, you know, I continuously, continuously deal with, today is uh, that aspect of my own recovery is like, where is my pride getting in my way? Um, So you guys have taken this step already. Kayla, how did it go for you when you were making these amends? Well, there was a lot of tears through a lot of my amends. Um, But I think at the the end of it, um, it was me walking away knowing like, I don't have to like look over my shoulder or I don't have to, you know, carry that with me anymore. Um, However hard they got, um, you know, an old timer asked me when I was talking about them, well, how free do you want to be? And um, then my, you know, that's 
hard to say something smart to. Um, and then my sponsor would come back and be like, remember when you said you would go to any lengths? And um, I think that when that got, when things got hard, um, I just kind of like kept those two things in mind. But um, yeah, the financial men's you were talking about, I've mentioned before that I had to file bankruptcy and how that was a financial amends. And for a long time, those bills, I was very caught up with like, it's not my fault that this bill's here or whatever. And you know, whatever it wasn't. Um, but at the end of the day, it was my name on there. And so fault doesn't actually matter. It was my responsibility to clean up. You know, if you're in a car accident, somebody else hits you. No, it's not your fault. But it is your responsibility to get your car, you know, fixed or whatever. And so when I could look through it that lens and drop that, um, I don't know what you would even think, like victim mentality, um, then that really made me grow up emotionally, but also. Um, you know, just mentally of like, okay, I need to take care of this. It no longer matters. I can't just sit in the corner and be like, I didn't do anything wrong. So, um, yeah, that's kind of. Now, Kayla, you said you said that uh, your sponsor mentioned that you would, you yourself admitted or said that you would go to any length for sobriety, right? Right. Um, how does that at that point? Like you had to have like some desperation or something to really do these tough amends if you would go to any length. Like how did that feel back then? I just had to keep remembering that last drink and then being like, you know, the old way wasn't working. So it's on me to find a new way to to do things. And this is my new way. So Like you were ready for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, it, it was not comfortable. It was not easy. Like... And then people would be like, oh, you're so brave or you're so courageous. And I really thought that being brave was like, <clears throat> you're strong, you're ready to go into battle. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes yeah. it's like you're crying, you know, ugly crying over some paperwork, filling it out and walking it to the court and turning it in. And you're going through the motions and doing what you need to do despite you know, that there's tears and, and uh, heartache. I think a lot of things in sobriety and making amends, um, seeing my own faults as well as, like, others or whatever, uh, you know, like, really broke my heart. And I think that really was hard in sobriety. Um, but it did fix my vision. Good. Nick, how about you? How did uh, your amends go? You know, it was a good launch pad for me. Um, I had been bullshitting long enough that, you know, I needed to walk the talk. And so a lot of uh, my first round of amends, you know, kind of, I wouldn't call, say fell on deaf ears, but people were like waiting to see the proof in the pudding. You know what I mean? Like, can I back up this talk? And so, you know, it, it was hard on me, but, you know, you mentioned, uh, Alfredo that, you know, centralizing, you know, focusing on God instead of ourselves. 
it's a it's a it's a crucial part of this step and you know so I had to get over myself and like okay well my feelings are hurt because you know everybody still expects me to pick up next week you know um but that's that's not the purpose of this exercise the purpose mm-hmm. of this exercise is to be accountable and to knock back your ego right and to clean up our side of the street and carry on with life and learn from our mistakes so it was hard at the onset and you know it felt like i was just spinning my wheels for a while but it also empowered me to like okay okay so these people are going to doubt me so now i've got fuel to you know fuel my fire and okay in a roundabout way you know it lifted me up and it put me in, on fire for sobriety mm-hmm. right because you know i wanted to prove that i could do this once and for all i didn't want people to doubt me anymore so it was low and slow for a while but you know once it caught fire and and started to work and i could see the effects not only on myself and my sobriety and other people who were trying to get sober with me eventually the people who were doubtful of my ability to get over that hump and stay sober you know it, it it came with time and i just needed to be patient with them and return that favor because they were patient with me they hung through some terrible days with me and you know it all came around that patience you know it was it was given and it was taken and it was a, it was a fair and mutual exchange and i think that's a big part of what amends are is an exchange i have a question for you guys what do you guys think was your hardest amends to make, Alfredo? I think that the hardest amends I had to make was, of course, to my family, but um, probably to my mother or my father, um, because they seen some of the worst of my drinking, and to admit that okay, you guys were right, you know, and um, I was wrong. And by the way, I I know I was a, a jackass. And uh, what can I do? It was almost like asking them, how can I get your trust back, you know? Um, but that wasn't the real question. It was like, how can I make things right? But I wasn't afraid of what they would say, like if I owed them money or anything or whatever it was just their reaction like i knew the tears were going to come and they did and it's hard to sit through that but there's there's something in your soul that grows from watching your loved ones cry at you you know that makes you i don't know put things in perspective like you know what drinking really wasn't that important that i had to make my family cry over it you know like I really twisted things up and it wasn't just you know I'm sorry for saying this to you I'm sorry for breaking this I'm sorry you had to pick me up when I wrecked my car or things like that being an inconvenience and a burden it was more of like I'm sorry for breaking your heart which I didn't have to say I just saw it you know and that pain is part of the Remedy, actually. That problem is part of the fix to help you remember next time you want to pick up a drink or 
it goes in other areas of my life too. You know, when I think about repeating a pattern that I know is destructive to my family and friends, like I know that there's a there's going to be a pain there, and I don't want to, um, I don't want to, like make that resurface or anything. I don't know. I'm not trying to get too deep into it, but the pain is also the medicine in that case. It's really strange. Um, so yeah, parents. It's a, it's a leveler. It's uh, something that humbles you greatly uh, and deeply if, if we're doing it right. Um, you know, I, I didn't have to think long about the answer on this one. You know, I, I dropped the ball as a, a husband and a father uh, during the most critical time uh, for both of my children. You know, so making that amends to my ex-wife, the mother of my children, was... heartbreaking, you know, because I, I had wanted to be a father. I had wanted to be in this relationship my entire life. You know, that was, that was the model I grew up with. And, you know, like, you know, white picket fence mentality, man, you know, like we all wanted to, you know, run away off into the sunset with our bride and groom and, and, you know, have 2.5 kids and live happily ever after. And I, I smashed that to pieces. And, um, you know, I, there were many, many nights where uh, she had to attend to those kids alone and she was attending to me at the same time. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was heartbreaking. But, you know, it humbled me and uh, our relationship is, has never been better since I've been able to not only state my amends, but follow through with the living amends and stay sober for my kids mm -hmm. because that's that's what she needs from me now. So, yeah, that's that. What was your hardest amends, Kayla? Uh, I think that my hardest amends was my amends to myself. Um, we were talking about going to any lengths, and I really could go to any lengths for drugs or alcohol. That was easy to me. And then I could really go to any lengths for whoever I was with, like whatever guy I was with. And um, through the step work, I could see how, like time after time how I would just abandon myself or my hopes and dreams to make whoever happy, um, to make that other person happy. And it's, you know, like when I took that vow of celibacy and then I had to make the amends to myself when I was writing about it. Um, and I journal a lot through my step work. Uh, <clears throat> it was like, how can I make this amends to myself? Like, I can't just say the words and be like, oh, okay, Kayla, I forgive you, you know? Um, so I, I think that was part of taking that second year of celibacy. Um, but it was me going to school and doing the best I could. Um, and so getting all A's wasn't about necessarily like ego. It was about like, could I go all in on myself? And could I just try to develop myself to the best of my ability? Um, which was very closely tied with like, could I learn to love myself, right? It's easy for me to love myself when I am in full hair and makeup and a cute outfit and I'm kicking ass, taking names. But like the messy self, when I don't feel good, when I don't, 
I'm not motivated. I have a stack of schoolwork piling up, you know, like, could I still love myself during then? And so that amends um, of finish. And then when life started getting good, staying committed to school too. Um, so finishing my degree and doing all the stuff that I did in school, I think that was my amends to myself. And really, I was not okay with dating until that was completed. And then I felt like, okay, you've, you're okay with yourself now. Now you can start building a life, you know, moving forward. But those, those were long, lonely days. <laughs> I don't regret it, but I don't want to do it again either. No. <laughs> I'm just going to chime in real quick and, you know, what value that has to give yourself this, this personal amends. I'd never even thought about doing it. You know, I mean, I've, I've worked on myself and, you know, loving myself and appreciating myself, all of that, but I've never actually given it an amends. That's clever yeah. and uh, powerful. Thank you for sharing. I think it, uh, for me, I have to make things very like literal and tangible at times. And so it was this tangible thing that I could do. It wasn't just this idea I tossed around of, oh, that would be great for you to forgive yourself one day. You know, there's, there were some very um, dark parts in my past. And um, I just didn't know how to restore that innocence or that purity. And so... Yeah, I needed something that I could really, um, you know, work through all of that. that. That's awesome. Good for yeah. you. You know, Nick, earlier I had noticed when you had said you had doubters, you felt like you had doubters, and that made you almost stronger in what you were doing in your conviction, you know, in, in staying sober. Um, I don't know if you'd noticed, but I wonder how you would have felt about the doubters if you weren't necessarily trying to get sober like I remember my doubters and I would just be like yeah I am a loser I'm gonna drink today you know yeah you're right yeah this and that you should doubt me like did you notice the the change in in your mentality at that point you might not have but I noticed it when you were sharing I, that's a tough one um you know I know that I'm a competitive person by nature so I think that played into it a little bit um, I also am a people pleaser, so I know that played into it as well. You know, um, my parents had high hopes. My ex-wives had high hopes, you know, and I just couldn't string it together. Like, I couldn't follow through with it for whatever my reason was that day. I, I just wasn't ready. Um, you know, and so I, I created that, that doubt for myself, you know, that wasn't their fault. You know, uh, it was mine. It was mine to to change their mind, um, and 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 see it through, and show and prove through my actions, not just my words. You know, because words they only carry us so far. Uh, the the action part. I mean, this comes from chapter seven into action, correct? So, I mean, that's what it is. You know, like I needed to show them that I was able to follow through to the end mm-hmm. to get to the other side. And, um, yeah, you know, I mean, as an active alcoholic and addict, you know, I am very hard on myself and, you know, that, 
shame and guilt contributes to my demise. You know, once I start, you know, it, it's a guilt thing and it's a, it's a downward spiral. Um, so, you know, I needed any tool that I could get to latch onto to carry me to the other side of sobriety, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. getting sober. And maybe I didn't consciously know what was happening. Um, you know, that was just psychology, I would suppose. Yeah, your um, competitive edge kind of kicked in. Right. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, we can only we can only weather a losing streak for so long, right? Weren't you a coach? Once. I am a coach. Yeah, you're a coach to this day. Softball, yeah. baseball, softball. I'm, I'm coaching my daughters. Let's talk about living amends. What are your thoughts on living amends? Like, uh, what's your living amends, Kayla? Yeah. So my uh, living amends once came from making an actual direct amends. So um, I lived with my aunt for a while and. This poor woman. I just used to get drunk in her basement all the time during the day. Um, And so I would go upstairs and like I had made this. um, This is like kind of a funny story. I had made this grilled cheese and then went downstairs and did some more shots. So I burnt the grilled cheese. And then I put the pan in the sink and was like, I'm just going to like let it soak. I don't know how many dishes were like in a soaking phase for like days. <laughs> like, meanwhile, like I was drinking. But anyway, so I made this direct amends to her, and like so weird. Like I'm sitting there telling her, you know, my amends or whatever, and then I'm like crying. And I'm like, and then I ruined your pan because of the grilled cheese when I was drunk. <laughs> and like, it's funny to me now that something like that could like caused me to, I don't know, just stay in my drinking or whatever, but something smaller, crazy like that, you know, like, uh, could keep me there. And so it wasn't until I had to get rid of that. And so when I asked her, how can I make this up to you? Um, she said, I want you to wake up every day and think about what kind of person you want to be and, and like, what is your ideal self and then go and do that. And so, it was this weird way of how this direct amends turned into a living amends. And um, I still think about that grilled cheese, that burnt grilled cheese pan often. And, you know, think about in the morning, you know, especially when I'm on my morning walk, like, which is kind of my meditation time too, of like, what kind of person do I want to be today? You know, and usually by the end of the walk, it's like, I want, how am I going to develop into the most ideal self that I can? So, um, but yeah, living amends are, I don't want to say they're an easy way out because some amends, right? I'm an alcoholic. I can justify some crazy stuff in my head of like, oh, I don't have to make an amends to them in person. I just won't do it again and I'll live better. And I can twist these steps around like nobody's business. And so that's also something that has to be talked, that I have to talk to my sponsor about, is that, is this truly a living amends? Can I do that? Um, you know, it, will it be harmful to myself or others if I make this men's, you know, direct in person? Um, or am I twisting these steps and trying to take a softer, easier way? Um, so, yeah, that's... 
So would you define a living amends as just an amends that you make every day that you're alive? So, well, how I understood it was that a living, you know, we have direct amends. You can make a direct amends in person to that person. Um, but some people are, maybe they died. Maybe, for, I don't know, maybe you have a restraining order against them. You know, there's a number of reasons why you're not allowed to see that other person slash cannot see that person. So in that case, you're not just off the hook, like you still have an amends to make. And, um, you know, other amends could be a written amends, um, but a living amends was, it's, I can't just say I'm sorry and keep doing that same behavior. That's manipulation. So if I'm going to make an amends and think about how can I make it right, I'm going to have to change my ways. I'm going to have to look at what I'm doing and see like what I need to change. So, um, yeah, I have to, I have to look at those things. Like a lot of, um, you know, with my aunt in the in the pan, was a lot of my emotions just ran me, and so I have to be like, well, even if I don't feel like being the greatest, Kayla, even if I don't feel like doing, you know, whatever, praying and like waiting to hear what God has to say about this or. Um, for some direction, like, I still go and I do them because I made that living amends and that's what I said I would do. Um, yeah. How about you, Nick? Living amends. I mean, it's it's how we carry ourselves from the time we wake up in the morning till the time we go to bed at night, right? Like, what are we doing in between during those waking hours to make sure that we are no longer giving something back um you know that's that's where it is for me you know that follow-through component is just being able to stay in it and see things through um for myself for my higher power for the people i love for the people i hurt you know it's it's again it's it's backing up the talk you know because just like you and you you know we're alcoholics and we're addicts and we're shitters and um a lot of tired a lot of people got tired of hearing me talk and they wanted to see the action so it may vary a little bit from one person to the next but for me personally it's humbling myself every morning and living life for god instead of myself living that day to the best of my ability for the people who matter and the people that i affected in my addiction have you made a living in men's Alfredo? Yeah. Um, I was in a meeting today and we were talking about this stuff. And, you know, what I had realized is that my living amends is to not make it, I don't drink anymore and that's it. You know, I can't make, I just don't drink anymore my living amends. You know, I have to um, have love and tolerance, you know, and I have to practice that and be kind. Um, I have an impatience problem. Um, as, uh, Kayla could tell you that, uh, sometimes I have yes. a patience problem. <laughs> and the last thing I want is people thinking, God, this guy was nicer when he was drinking. I wish he would pick up a beer mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, otherwise, what did I do all this work for? And that's where my living amends 
certainly has to come into play every day. And I can't do that on my own. It really requires divine intervention. I don't know what happened to me somewhere along the line. I just decided to be sarcastic 100% of the time or whatever, you know. And um, that's not what I want my uh, sober self to be. And my living amends has to be that it's not just you quit drinking. That's not good enough, you know. So, yeah. What do you think? Well, I was just thinking, like, amends, they're not always, like, this doom and gloom thing. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're suck. Like, we have to admit that we were wrong, and then we have to do things differently. So, but as an alcoholic, I bounce between, like, thinking I'm the greatest of all time of something and, like, that I'm nothing. And I think that amends sometimes can surprise you. And, and oddly, in this uh, one amends that I made to a former employer, it it kind of it right-sized me because, um, you know, like I had drank on the job towards the end of my career and not stuff that I was proud of, you know. And when you're doing that, you're not emotionally or like mentally there in the moment acting, you know, professional. Um, and so I hadn't worked for this employer for quite some time, years and years. And I was in Denver and went into a store and surprisingly, like my old manager was there. And um, this is about a couple months after I had done a bunch of amends, but I just kept praying, like, whatever amends I need to make, like, please make it apparent to me. And so when I walked into this part of Denver that, you know, I know no one from and saw him, I was like, oh, like, this is God. He wants me to make this amends now. Um, And so I, (laughs) like a good little alcoholic, I bought the items and then I left. (laughs) I was like, Mm -hmm. I went and sat in the car for a little bit and I was like, Nope, no, we're not avoiding, we're not going to stick our head in the sand, like, we're going to go in and, you know, really bite the bullet, and like Nick was talking about, like, walk the walk, so I went back in there and asked him, you know, if I could talk, I just pulled him aside, talked to him in the corner, and, you know, just told him that I was less than an ideal employee, um, and that I had a drinking problem and that I had been in recovery for um, some time and that I really had to look at my actions and see my part in things. And I apologized for, um, you know, the things I had done. And at that point, like, I felt like when I had to admit those things, like, the worst person. I was just like, oh, my God, like... I was in, I had such a great job and I was loved by, you know, so many of my guests and how could I take that all for granted? And then, you know, like I could have really messed somebody up. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're having these amends, this conversation and he was like, Kayla, he, he seemed like confused by it. He was like, Kayla, um, I don't, he was like, we all have problems, but like you're one of our best employees and you know, you have stuff to work on, but 
I'd hire you back in a heartbeat. And um, I was like, really? <laughs> really? Did you hear the list that I just told you about? And he was like, yeah, like you could tell you've done a lot of work. And he was like, if you ever need a job or a reference, let me know. Um, and I was so grateful for that because I just went down this like pity party, this poor me, like, oh, I'm not good enough for this or that or blah, 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 when I was making the men's list. And, um, you know, he he definitely had said, like, you have some, some things to work on, like we all do, you know, but like, I don't have to be the very best or the worst. It's okay. I can ride in the middle. I can have some pros and cons, and I don't have to jump from one extreme to the other. So I think that amends can shock us and surprise us in different ways. Um, I know, like, for myself, we always have to check our motives of, like, why are we making these amends? Um, it wasn't to be told, oh, no, it's okay, like, you weren't as bad, um, and it's, uh, yeah, I just, I just want to let, like, some of our listeners know, because I know some people haven't made their amends yet, and that can seem very scary, and I just don't want them to hear just horror stories of, mm -hmm. um, horror stories? Horror. <laughs> of, of amends, so I think it's, um, great to let them know, like, sometimes they can go surprisingly well, but that's not what we're chasing. The level of <clears throat> catharsis that results for everyone involved mm -hmm. in, a, in a ninth step, I mean, it's, it's such a huge weight off of our shoulders. And, you know, I mean, it's tried and true alcoholic behavior that we beat ourselves up and we make things seem so much worse in our head than perhaps they were. And maybe they were that bad, you know, but... That's how we stay in our addiction. That's how that's how it beats us, right? Is it's a mental game, and uh, yeah, to to get to the other side, to to believe in yourself and your sobriety enough to step up and say, no, I'm not gonna hide in this car with my head in the sand. I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna do this. You know, God provides a, a beautiful outcome for you in that moment, and you know that's that's a testament to you know your follow through. Oh, thank you. Well, like it, it was very scary. I feel like there's this thing with loved ones or family that you're like, well, they're family. They kind of have to love me. Like, an employer doesn't have to love me. He can throw me out of that store too, you know. And so, um, those I found were harder for for me. But yeah, what about you, Alfredo? Um, I I think it's important to talk about how relieving it is when it's all said and done. Uh, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, you get to the other side and you're just grateful that you did it. And the reward that comes along with it from just the relief of carrying all that baggage, oh, it's priceless. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it really sets up for a new day and a new life, a new outlook on life. And um, it's one of the reasons why we do it, I think, is to get rid of that old baggage, clean up our side of the street so we can look at people in the eye again and be and feel respected or you know at least feel like we are men or women again you know and not uh not the bottom of the barrel you know 
So at least that's what it did for me anyways. So, well, it was a great discussion, step nine. You know, I am ready for the rest of the step nine meetings I hit up this <laughs> month, I think. Um, any last thoughts, anyone? I was just thinking about an amends that I made um, with an ex, not the one that I told um, that I wish I didn't leave them sooner, or that I did leave them sooner, not that one, but somebody, a, a different one that and we were married and together for a good amount of time, but there was a point in sobriety where I had to go pick up a box of stuff um, from him and I was just like, oh, just get this box and get out of there. And then it was something I had, it was right about, all these amends were within probably a few months of each other. Um, so I was definitely journaling and praying every day and you know, just trying to work that to the best that I could. And I went down um, to Colorado Springs, where I'm from, and picked up this box and it was like, it was like its own spiritual experience because this relationship had ended um, where we are both very deep in our addiction. And so it was easy for me to blame him for a lot of things for a long time um, because I had a laundry list of I could show you why I was done wrong. And the right, it takes two to tango. I had my own role in that. And... Um, so I show up, I get this box, and then just quite naturally, like it felt like God was like t helping me or talking me through this. I just started saying these amends to him. And um, I couldn't even believe these words were coming out of my mouth. And so I was owning my side and, you know, talking about my, me being very deep in my addiction. And he just like, turned around and he started saying amends to himself or to himself to me and um you know he was like I have to tell you thank you for leaving me and I was like what and he was like if you never left me he was like I would have never got sober and got clean like as long as you were dragging me through life and keeping a roof over our head and food in the then I was going to keep drinking and using. And so it wasn't till that you left that forced me to have to clean up. And I feel like I learned a really important lesson about um, about just abandoning myself and taking care of other people, right? Was like covering up the other person's addiction or whatever, because that allowed me to get further into my addiction. And so, um, you know, when I got clean and sober and I took responsibility and stuff, those unhealthy relationships just weren't attractive to me anymore. And um, I'm just so grateful for this program that I was able to like grow, grow out of a lot of this stuff because I think, you know, it's really easy for us to just like, blame that our ex is crazy or that his addiction or his this or that but like I was sitting right next to that person you know and so taking that responsibility and um and really just him saying that 
it was like this weird closure that I got that I never knew that I wanted so bad. And, you know, we parted ways and um, we don't really talk or we don't have contact, but I don't have to like hate him or carry some negative feeling towards him. His inability to be a good husband wasn't because I wasn't worthy. It was because he was incapable of it. And so um, that a lot of um, just really like aha moments happened through my amends process. Very good. Very good, yeah. Um, and the aha moments keep coming, you know, as you, uh, well, for me anyways, because of the amends, you know, I, I get a lot of, uh, like I had said earlier, uh, um, love and tolerance, and mm-hmm. along with that is forgiveness. And sometimes I end up thinking, oh, yeah, I hated that guy or that person did this. And I was like, well, who cares? Let it go, you know? And then just a little forgiveness and then just a little bit lighter of a load I carry because I don't remember everything when I wrote down that list. There's things that I missed, of course, but sometimes they'll just come up, you know? And um, I think going through the process helps me forgive much more easily. Like, oh, I was mad over that wow, I was silly back then or whatever. And it just helps me now walk, uh, you know, with a lighter load. So, well, thank you guys for taking the time to come on the show and talk about step nine. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. This was uh, awesome and uh, rejuvenating uh, revival, whatever you want to call it, you know, Um, I just want to dig deep and, Go find an amends to make. <laughs> well, be careful what you ask for, because yeah. Yeah. as I was like, I knew that this was our topic for today. So as I was in my walk, walking around today, I just like randomly thought of this friend's house that I rolled up to, so excited to go in and tell her how sober I was and completely missed that I dented her garage door as I like, pulled into her driveway (laughs) and so I was walking around like hmm I probably owe her an amends and a nice check to cover like (laughs) that garage door so be careful what you ask for um Alfredo do you want to tell our friends where they can follow us at sure you can go to recoveryedge.podbean.com find us there you can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and we have a YouTube channel up where I know a lot of people like to listen to their podcasts on YouTube, so just look for Recovery Edge there, and uh, we'll keep at this. Yep. Give us a like and a follow. Post a comment if you want. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Thanks. Thanks, Brad.